Progressive presents an interview with your upstairs neighbor. My name's Barry. I live right above you. I don't host parties. I host after parties. They're like parties, only louder and nobody goes home. You can see right here I ripped out all the carpeting because it was holding me back with my pogo stick. Man's got a pogo. Oh, I'm a prankster. I'll grease up a soda can and then when somebody grabs it, boom! <laughs> Progressive can't save you from your upstairs neighbor, but we can save you money when you bundle renters and auto insurance with us. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. The season is over, but my goodness, the excitement is just beginning. In case you didn't know, Sergio Perez has been announced as the second driver for Red Bull Racing in 2021. That's the facts that we all are aware about. But have you ever wondered about what the broader impact is of the same and why Red Bull needs Sergio Perez? And moreover, what about the Red Bull Racing Young Driver Academy going ahead? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Spits to Podium special. My name is Samuel Arora, and as always, I'm joined by Kunal Shah. Before we begin, let me introduce who Kunal really is, because this is something that you guys should really know. Kunal is an ex-racing driver. He worked as the marketing head of Force India, now works at the Via Sport Network in Norway as a motorsport consultant. And the first question that we have to come down to, Kunal, that's literally on everyone's lips, is why Sergio Perez? Now, a look at the points table will give you a good idea that in a supposedly under, not, not an underperforming car, but a supposedly slower car, Perez massively, massively outclassed Alex Albon. But Red Bull are clearly looking for a lot more than that, aren't they? Yes. Thank you once again for that introduction, Somil. It's, it's fantastic to be doing this with you, even in the off-season, which clearly, you know, has sent us all buzzing <laughs> with, with you know, Checo Perez being announced as, uh, you know, second driver for Red Bull Racing and the likes. But, uh, you know, first things first, I, I and this is what uh, I was sort of digging into, that Red Bull have the knack of making announcements at the most weird times, right? So the Checo Perez announcement <laughs> came at literally the close of play on Friday, okay? Uh, of course, Mexico would have been wide awake at that time, but close of play within European time. India definitely was closed for any any you know business uh, on that day. But it was similar even for say Daniel Ricardo, uh, you know Pierre Gasly, and and even yeah. Alex Albon's announcements. It came right just you know at the start or in the middle of uh, the summer breaks that you know we've usually seen in a regular Formula One season. But I think it's great news, uh, great news for Formula One. Uh, great news for Checo Perez, but I would say even greater news for Red Bull Racing, who yeah. since Daniel Ricciardo's departure have been doing all they can. And, you know, for if I could use a harsher word, have been struggling to find yeah. a solid second driver and just really hoping that Checo Perez is that solid second driver that they need to boost their championship chances in 2021 if an opportunity comes for them to compete against the Mercedes-Benz team. And because it's going to be the Honda's last year in Formula 1 as a power unit manufacturer for now at least, they have committed the maximum resources that they possibly can. So you know there's that source of confidence behind you. But it's a great thing, isn't it? Organizations need that positive turbulence. You need someone to push you beyond and Apart from Red Bull as a constructors' championship perspective, it would mean a lot for Max as well to have someone, 
in that very car, you can go ahead and give him that extra push to get even better. Not that he needs to, but you kind of get a feeling that you can make a driver even better with that source of competition. And from what we've seen in the last few years, Sergio Perez is that competition. He is intense. He's aggressive. He's feisty. One would say that he has a lot more intent than Alex Albon on track without making the kind of, uh, I wouldn't say rookie errors, but say experience errors that he would make. The, the one errors that you would need to rectify with a lot of time in the sport. I've completely goofed that up, haven't I? But you get the idea in essence. So they are getting the complete package basically. But there's, there's one criticism of saying that he's an old driver, but he really is what Red Bull needs at this stage. He is. And, you know, let's let's sort of try and list down why Red Bull need him, apart from just, you know, obvious uh, point scoring positions that, you know, that uh, that they would need in 2021. Because, listen, we all know Mercedes is going to be as strong, if not stronger in 2021. But we also all hope and, you know, likewise for Red Bull Racing and Ferrari that, hey, there's something magical that just opens up in our package, in our upgrades that allow us to take the fight. And, you know, if if you are in the fight, you don't want to then be scratching your head saying, oh, my God, I should have had another driver mm-hmm. who would have helped me, you know, sort of take the fight to Mercedes. So, you know, at this moment, they they, they don't have the package, nor do they have the driver uh, lineup. OK, or when I say at this moment, I, of course, mean for 2020. But in 2021, they're at least hoping that if they have the package, they definitely have the driver uh, lineup to try and, you know, sort of take the fight to Mercedes. And, you know, one big example of this also being the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, which unfortunately for Alex Albin was the last race yeah. of the season, right? But he, he, he being in fourth position didn't allow Mercedes to have a free reign on strategy and launch an attack on Max for win. And that's what Red Bull needs. And that's probably one of the other reasons why they need a Checo Perez so that he's able to be closer to Max Verstappen. He's able to be closer to the Mercedes cars that sort of don't give Mercedes a strategic open hand, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, to, to, for example, tire strategy during the races. So that's, of course, you know, a very strong reason. The other, you know, seemingly being that Red Bull, who, you know, at this moment don't have an engine for 2022, uh, they are probably going to go down getting the Honda IP and, you know, and, and yep. just have their own engine, you know, built into their package. And that comes at, at certain costs, right? And I'm assuming that, you know, if Checo Perez's sponsors join Checo Perez at Red Bull Racing, that's an additional boost of income that will happen, you know, that will allow Red Bull to sort of, you know, fund that whole activity because, Listen, not too many manufacturers in these eras, and when I say these eras, I mean hybrid turbo era as well as the ones before, have literally gone down the engine manufacturer route. You know, it's always been privateer buying an engine from yeah. a stock manufacturer. So that's another reason. And then what I've been hearing on Twitter all the time that, hey, Checo Perez opens up a new market for Red Bull, the energy drinks in Mexico. So Several, several reasons uh, that go down to economics, finances, and performances for Red Bull Racing. It makes a world of difference. Mexico is a huge market, and Sergio Perez at this stage probably has to be one of the biggest athletes in all of Mexico. If you're looking at it from an Indian standpoint, think of it as hiring Virat Kohli. Uh, That would be huge. Or if you're watching this video from the UK, probably a more representative standpoint would be, think of getting Wayne Rooney as a part of your brand back in 2011 when he was at your very peak. That's the kind of impact that Sergio Perez has right now in Mexico. And getting him on is 
is big for the brand. You know, people all of a sudden, you're seeing tweets of people saying, hey, I like Red Bull as a brand. Sergio Perez's brother, who's very influential, posting pictures with Red Bull. It just opens up the reach, opens up, opens up a big door for your brand. And let's just take our mind back to when Red Bull primarily came in. Their aim wasn't to promote younger drivers in. Their aim was to sell energy drinks. Um, isn't this what they're doing with this right now? Isn't, aren't they opening up doors to a new market to sell energy drinks at the end of the day? Works out really well. But uh, there's, also, there's also the second flip side to any story, as it is with any coin as well. You flip it over, you see something different. And the different thing right here, Kunal, is that driver academies are falling apart at this stage, aren't they? Renault have been criticized for bringing Fernando Alonso in because they spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on so many young drivers, didn't promote them in the end. Mercedes have been under scrutiny for their mismanagement because they simply couldn't get Pascal Wehrlein or Esteban Ocon into their car. Now it's a similar situation with George Russell being at Williams. And then Ferrari, only right now, they're doing a good job of getting all these drivers. Eilert, Schwartzman, uh, uh, Schumacher is the first of those drivers coming in. But again, it's not working out for the Red Bull Academy, isn't it? They're by far and away the most successful one of all the other ones. But this is just stopping the progress of, say, one Jehan Darwal. Okay, we have we have a reason for saying that we're Indians. We know for a fact. Okay, bias aside, even Yuri Wiffs for that matter, it just blocks off that seat. And then when you come to think of it, okay, how can Alex Albon come back in? It just starts to make it an even more, uh, even more twisted dynamic where you don't even know where their opening routes are for the young drivers because Yuki Sinora is in here. Pierre Gasly is probably not going to be demoted unless he does a terrible job, which he quite frankly won't. I can't quite put two and two together. I don't know how's, how it's going to play out. It just seems like every couple of years, Red Bull come up to a cycle where they have too many drivers and then all of a sudden they have no drivers. Then they panic higher. Then they come back to that case. It's it's just not really working out for them right now. I think I think you explained it wonderfully well. It's it's a part of that cycle where suddenly there is either an abundance of supply or there is yeah. you know literally no supply. And right now, I mean, you know, Red Bull have indirectly, uh, you know, said that there is there is a lack of supply of quality talent against Max Verstappen, and it, which that's true, yeah. Which is which is true, and you know, like you said, you know, Red Bull Racing probably the most successful driver academies uh, that are there. We got the likes of Sebastian Vettel back in time. We got uh, Daniel Ricciardo. We've got uh, now Max Verstappen. Uh, I think it's 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 done extremely well, and you know, it's it's okay for them to sit back and say, hey. Maybe we need a couple of years. We need an experienced driver elsewhere mm. till we groom another youngster to come in. Are we really, you know, putting our youngsters in the car earlier than they've sort of matured enough for a Formula One drive? Several questions, which I'm sure they're, you know, desperately seeking answers to time and again. And uh, you mentioned the Ferrari Academy, you know, Charles Leclerc, of course, he he was lucky enough to sort of get a break and come through. Yep. But but. After a point, you know, I think it's it's just about getting stuck in a cycle. Either you have too many good drivers, you know, in the in the case of even Mercedes for that matter, or you're just you know happy to stick to what you have and keep delivering the same results as as they go. But for the Red Bull Driver Academy, and this is another reason on the performance side of things for for the Driver Academy, Checo Perez suddenly becomes a new benchmark, you know, yes. against Max Verstappen. It becomes, hey, what can Checo do against Max? And that we can expect 
the next junior driver to come up through the ranks and be. And, you know, the next junior driver could very well be Pierre Gasly, who gets a call up to Red Bull again, because, you know, clearly they are grooming him even further at, at uh, Alpha Tauri, as we know. And I don't think that's extremely bad altogether because, you know, Checo Perez, he has fantastic talents. You know, he's consistent. Like you said, he's, you know, you, 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 were praise, you, you were praising him enough a couple of minutes ago. I also feel he's very clinical and, you know, he knows, he knows what needs to be done in the car to, to bring home the point. So a great benchmark against uh, Max Verstappen and also for Max Verstappen. You know, there's no harm hmm. in being pushed that, that bit further. And, uh, you know, it could very well be that in 2021, you know, Red Bull lose to Mercedes again. They finish second. But they'll at least know if the, the points gap to Mercedes was sort of reduced in comparison exactly. to, you know, 2020, if they get a Checo Perez out there. And again, very smartly, they put Checo on a one-year's contract. So they have sort of kept doors open mm. either for Checo or for Alex or for Pierre Gasly uh, or maybe even Yuki Sonoda, you know, to to get the call <laughs> up into, into 2022 at Red Bull Racing. So uh, again, one of those very short-term moves, I would say, but ones that could have a more longer-term implication on Red Bull Racing and their driver academy and their driver choices and and so on. And, you know, a statistic which has been sort of shared or overshared everywhere is that the last time they hired someone outside of the driver academy was 2007, and it was Mark Weber. And let's admit it, you know, they actually need a Mark Weber to Max Verstappen if they're going to go for the titles in 2021. Hopefully they don't send out a message like multi three three one one or whatever it may be, <laughs> but it's very well put, Canal. They need that external force coming in and providing that sort of competition, nudging Verstappen further and just providing that turbulence. But who knows in the long run could lead to greater turbulence considering the broader picture of the driver academy. Just very briefly before we go, Canal, uh, on the on the bigger perspective of driver academies, what do you think is going wrong? Because we've seen Every every single academy that we're having in Formula One right now, just somewhat fail in this in this perspective that they have too many people coming in at one point of time. They don't have enough seats, and then they're looking for credible competitors, and they go sometimes have to hire them from Formula E, whether they're taking part in their young driver test, bring them back in, put them in the cycle as a stopgap hire, and then sack them after a season and a half. Well, we all know you're making a reference to Alexander Alvin <laughs> right there. But, yep. you know, frankly, driver academies are always, always tough. And I know because I started up one for Force India, which Arjun Meni and Jehan Daruwala, yes. uh, you know, were, were a part of. And, you know, we've seen both of them rise up to the ranks till Formula 2. And, you know, Jehan, like we, we know, won the last race in Formula 2, right? So it's great for young drivers because driver academies take care of a lot of training, a lot of... Uh, experience that you get from the Formula One team, and more importantly, Samuel, you get financial backing exactly to compete in junior Formula. But by just being a part of a driver academy, even if you are at the sharper end of the grid in a particular Formula, especially say for example in Formula Two, doesn't mean you're going to get a break in Formula One. It takes a little more than that. It takes luck. It takes for the fact that a vacancy needs to be available within the 10 teams in the sport. And of course, on a very different note, this also takes me back into, should we have 12 teams racing in Formula One? 
are we for you know cockpits short when it comes to the fastest uh, car racing sport on the planet as as it goes along but you know that's just how it goes and i think drivers uh, junior drivers would actually be thankful that they at least have a young driver academy hmm. they can all aspire to be a part of and then hope that it just opens up as many doors as you know one needs to in in the world of formula 1 because at the end of the day Not everyone is Nikita Mazepin. Not everyone has that financial backing. But on the whole, folks, good to see Sergio Perez back in. That was our analysis of what could happen, why Red Bull needed Sergio Perez at this stage, and why they got him at the end of the day. But what are your thoughts? That's the one thing we love to know at Pitch the Podium. So make sure that you voice out your thoughts in the comments. We would like to make this a very interactive and engaging platform on YouTube. And thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for watching. As always Kunal pleasure sharing this video with you Here from me, four-time Olympic gold medalist Michael Johnson on the Data Brilliant podcast from Data Leaders Click. I talked to Click's Joe Dos Santos about the role of data in my running career and in my business today as I help prepare future athletes. Tune in to hear us as we discuss the psychological and personal qualities needed to be a champion and how data can help you recognize what it takes to win. Search Data Brilliant on your preferred podcast platform to listen now.